welcome to episode number 15 of the Blue Shoes Fitness Radio Podcast. And today's episode is called How to Write Your Own Workout Program in 2021. And of course, this will work for any year, but now that it's 2021 at the time of this recording, uh, we're gonna talk about how to write your own workout program, and that's what we're talking about. But before we get into this, a special treat for those of you watching this on YouTube. This is gonna be the inaugural episode of my new dad mug. I have my new blue dad mug. It says, dad jokes served fresh daily. And I'm super pumped about this. It was a gift from my wife. So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, here you go. You get to see this uh, for the very first time. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that, then you can just imagine what it looks like. But it's got great typography and it's got a great joke on it. Serve fresh daily. Dad jokes, that's how we do it around here. Um, and, and it's a really, really nice color, blue, and it's a great size, and it's hefty, and it's a good time. So that's my plug for this unbranded uh, mug that was a gift, and I am super pumped about it, so you'll probably see that in future episodes as well. Uh, okay, so today we're talking about writing your own workout program. Why is that important? Why would you even care about that? Well, uh, the simple answer is that there's a ton out there already in terms of workout programs. And so you might be wondering, why would I wanna write my own? And this episode is gonna kind of serve two different purposes. For those of you who are in a position who do want to write your own workout program, this will provide a really simple blueprint blah, 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 blueprint of how to do that. Um, and for those of you who maybe you don't feel quite confident, um, even at the end of this short list of you know five easy steps on how to write your own program, you can use this template as a little bit of a rubric to grade current and pre-existing workout programs that you might find online or that you might see one of your favorite coaches or fit pros or whoever, uh, somebody online that is saying, here's a great workout program, you can use this guide as a little bit of a rubric to be able to grade that, to go, okay, here's how well this matches what I know to be true about workouts in general and what I know to be true about my goals and what the, you know what those are gonna require. So that is what we're talking about today. And I'm gonna speak this over the year and I hope that this is true for you. Let's make 2021 the year to match your training to your goals. And the reason why that's so important of matching your training to your goals, it should be self-evident, but a lot of the times we kind of get this backwards. We kind of get this a little bit mixed up where we say that we have all of these goals that are really important to us, whether you want to uh, get stronger or lose weight or relieve back pain or whatever it is that's important to you. Uh, a lot of times we say that we have these big goals and then kind of not related to those goals and, and not as a direct result of those goals, we pick a random workout program that, again, that we find online, or maybe you just walk into the gym and you go, okay, uh, my legs are feeling good today, let's, let's use those. And, oh, that machine is open, let's use the leg press machine. It, that tends to be a pretty common way of going about piecing together a workout program. And neither of those approaches are going to be very helpful if it's just a totally random approach on a daily basis where you're going into the gym or maybe you're going upstairs or downstairs where you have your home workout set up. Um, I have mine out in the garage and if I just walked out there every single day and was like, hmm, let's see what feels good today. Let's just do something random. Uh, that would probably be better than doing nothing, but this is not a time for relying on probability of doing better than nothing, right? We're in a, we're in a position of trying to make sure that we're all doing what we can and doing it optimally as, as best as in our ability. So, uh, 
that's the scenario there. And then randomly on the scenario of uh, making sure that you're not just finding some random program out there and uh, just following through with it because it was branded really nicely uh, or it had a, a really good color scheme or a really good format or it was from someone that you really like. Uh, those things are all you know not bad things, but they are not directly inherently related to your goals. So. Today we're talking about writing your own program. And like I said, you can use these five easy steps to write your own program, go figure, that's the name of the episode. Or you can use this as a little bit of a way of matching up pre-existing programs and finding one that's right for you. So without further ado, we're gonna get into these five easy steps and we're gonna knock them out one at a time with a little bit of explanation in between. And it should be a pretty, easy episode here for you to digest and to be able to put into practice. Uh, we have five easy steps, but the, the overall flow of this is starting with your goals and defining those and naming those. From there, putting together a workout program that is based on uh, your preferences and availability, and then further refining that into the actual details of the program itself. And then the final step is, of course, doing it, trying it. Right? So, okay, let's break this down into five tangible steps for you to follow through on writing your own workout program in 2021. All right, step number one, write out your goals and defining them and, and putting a name to them and getting as specific as possible. Uh, a lot of the times we talk about SMART goals in the fitness industry, in the self-help industry and all of that, we talk about SMART goals of being specific and measurable and attainable and realistic and time-oriented or time-bound or timely. Uh, that's not a bad way of going about goals. However, sometimes it's worthwhile to just start with something vague, uh, something vague and non-specific and to get more specific from there. A lot of the times if you don't have even the slightest of clue, uh, the slightest idea or the slightest clue of what's important to you for your fitness goals, it's gonna be really tough to get really specific on those if you haven't even gotten a vague idea of what general direction that you want to head. Uh, for example, is your goal related to how you feel? Is it a matter of how you feel physically, of relieving pains? Is it a matter of uh, being strong in any given activity that you want to do, whether it's taking care of your kids or uh, behind me here in the video, uh, I just picked up after our daughter and picked up all the toys and everything that are inevitably strewn across uh, the floor every single day. Uh, that's that's one of the, that's you know maybe one goal set where you just want to feel a certain way. Maybe the other side of it is feeling uh, internally and emotionally of wanting to be confident and uh, ready to uh, approach the day, even if it's outside of fitness, of just wanting to be confident in your own skin. Right? That's that's a, a one route that you can take for your goals. And a lot of this is going to be intertwined, but um, figuring out if that's the top priority. Another route might be just how you look. Right, and that one's pretty self-explanatory of wanting to build up certain muscles or wanting to lose weight in order to show off certain muscles. All of those kinds of things are kind of in that um, aesthetic category there too. So you have your form, your function, uh, your aesthetic of how you look too. So you kind of have these broad categories of what your goals fit into, and they're not—they're pretty loosely defined. They are not the hard and fast rules of you have to go in this way or you have to go in this way or if you choose this way, then all of a sudden you are you know, excluded from making progress in any other area. That's not really what that's about. But if you have a general direction of what it is that's important to you, then you can increasingly get more specific on what kind of goals you want to set. So uh, writing out your goals and setting a goal, no matter how specific it is, 
is a great first step for all of this here, and then you can get more specific on that. Um, another way of looking at your goals is thinking about progress metrics. So thinking about what metrics that you're going to be measuring as progress, what's going to be important to you is the number on the, the bar that you're lifting, is that important to you? Is the number on the scale what's important to you? Is the number on your uh, dress or on your uh, favorite pair of pants, is that important to you or a t-shirt, you know, those kinds of things. Are those the things that are important to you? So figuring out what form of progress uh, and what metrics you're gonna be tracking what's gonna be important to you as you go along. And that can kind of help define your goals as you go along as well. Uh, a lot of people might not care at all what the scale says, but they want to track how much weight they're lifting and how strong they're getting. They might wanna track how a certain t-shirt fits, you know, if they have a favorite outfit of how that fits of I don't know, it could be any number of things of how easy it is to get up and down off the floor when you're picking up toys after your kids or when you're playing with your kids or grandkids on the floor. Um, those are all different metrics, but having an idea of what metrics are important to you right at the beginning can be a great way to make sure that you don't lose sight and that you stay on track the entire time. So that is step number one of writing out your goals and defining them. Uh, step number two is writing out your workout parameters. And this is a very broad category, but here's the practical side of figuring out what you want to do for your workout program. Again, a lot of the times, the backwards way that we tend to approach this, and maybe you can relate, is we say, okay, I have these goals, and now I'm gonna jump right into this six day a week, you know, 90, to 90 minute to two hour workouts, six days a week, and I'm starting with having very little experience working out in general, uh, or you are just not in the habit at all, or you haven't been recently. Uh, that is probably not gonna be a real sustainable approach because if you suddenly, if you had had all of that time and energy and know-how before, you were probably going to be following through on those. But if you think about the practical, tangible aspects of your life and your schedule of think about how much time you have per workout that you can allot, that you can safely allot to each workout. So you go, some days I have a long time to work out, some days it's not very long, uh, but I can bank on having, you know, let's say at least 15 minutes a day for my workouts, or I can bank on Monday, Wednesday, Friday of having 20 or 30 minutes to work out. Um, so the length of time of your workouts is something that's worth standardizing right at the beginning. Uh, same thing with the frequency, as I just alluded to there, of how many days per week are you going to be able to work out? There's, I would encourage you that as you're entering this year to try to throw out this idea of I should or I need to work out X number of days per week. I would start with, I can work out this many days per week. And to be realistic with that, and that if you're able to go above and beyond that, that's awesome, that's all good. But if you kind of set that bare bones standard right at the beginning, that's something that's realistic. So if that's one day a week, then think about one day a week. And I would encourage you to maybe think of if it's a specific day of the week to label that, to name that, to go, okay, I know that on Wednesdays I can commit 30 minutes and that's what I can do right now and anything above and beyond that is going to be awesome and good to go. Uh, but naming all of that right at the beginning, and that's a lot of what this is about and you'll hear me use that phrase a lot of, of naming it and defining it because we tend to uh, throw our goals out and we say I want to have this general goal that's related to my health or fitness or well-being and then we don't really know how to act on that and that's what the purpose of this is here. So, uh, so writing out those parameters of how much time you have per workout, how many workouts per week you think you can safely fit in, those are all going to be really great starts for uh, figuring out how to write your own program here. Uh, 
your step number three, and this is where you start to have lots of options. So based on your goals, and then whittling that down based on these tangible parameters in your life of what your workouts can consist of, then you start looking at your workout split itself. And there's two parts of this, of how many different workouts you're going to be doing and how those workouts are actually split up. So how many different workouts you're going to be doing can be the same as your frequency. So if you're able to do three workouts per week, you could do three separate workouts per week. That's possible, but again, as your coach here, I'm not going to recommend that. I'm gonna recommend you the option that I use for almost all of my one-on-one -on -one online coaching clients, and that is if somebody says that they're able to work out X number of days per week, I will usually do one or two fewer workouts than the total number of days per week that they project. For example, if they say they're able to do three workouts per week, rather than writing up three separate workouts and banking on them being able to hold you know, fast to that of doing three entire workouts every single week, what I'll typically do is I'll write two separate workouts. And again, we'll get into how that's split up here in a second, but I'll typically write two separate workouts, uh, a workout A and a workout B. And that way, if they get to a third workout during the week, then they just repeat workout A for a second time. And then the following week, if they're able to get three workouts in, you go workout B, workout A, workout B, and so on and so forth. That gives you a little bit of wiggle room to where if you have a crazy week that you are not able to fit in the intended number of workouts, then you're not having to wait an entire extra week before fitting in that final workout or two. Uh, so if you are banking on working out three times a week and you have three separate workouts written up, if you aren't able to get to that third workout in that first week, that means that you have to wait an entire week for the second week in order to be able to hit that third workout. That is not gonna be a very sustainable approach because then that just continually pushes everything backward. On the other hand, when you do this, this setup where you have fewer separate workouts per week than you plan on actually using, then it gives you the benefit that I just talked about, but it also gives you the benefit of, let's say that you're able to fit in a fourth workout during the week. Now you're able to alternate between those first two workouts two times each throughout the week. And then you're totally, you're, you're more than on track for the following week after that. That's gonna be a great way of approaching uh, the workout split side of it as far as the frequency and how many different workouts you're gonna be doing. So if you have three intended workouts per week, I would say, write up two. Two separate ones, workout A and workout B, and just alternate between those. If you are thinking you can only work out twice during the week, I would still follow through with that principle and pick a really good single total body workout that you can just do over and over and over. And if you hit it twice a week, bam, there's your goal. If you're able to do it three times a week, more power to you. If you're able to do it four times a week at that point, then maybe you slightly underestimated what your ability was to be able to work out. But if that's the case, then you can do that and you can expand that logic in either direction of more or fewer workouts per week. So that's a great way of splitting it up that way. Now, the other half of your workout split is, okay, so how do you split it up? If you're doing two workouts a week, how do you split those two up? If you're doing three workouts per week, how do you split those three up? And this is where you have a lot of different options and variability. And I'm gonna to try to give you a few specific uh, popular examples that are not only popular in the fitness world as a whole, but popular within my own coaching as well. So a lot of the times, uh, I will tend to split up workouts uh, two different ways and into two separate workouts for most clients. Every once in a while, someone who's just a rock star that's able to work out and able to commit to four or five workouts per week, then we'll, we'll look at some bigger options of maybe doing a three-way split. 
but I like to stick with the two-way split and I do that even in my own training. And right now, I'm lucky if I fit in a third workout in a week. Uh, I can pretty easily get to two, and so I have my workout A and my workout B, but if I'm able to get to that third workout there, I'll repeat the first workout A again, and that's a good time, and I'm feeling really good about that week if I'm able to get that. Uh, that is the, the schedule of a parent. That's how that goes, where it's inconsistent um, and not always uh, as, as predictable as you'd like to think that it would be. So uh, that, that's how it is in my world, and maybe that's how it is in your world too. So when it comes to splitting things up, I'm gonna give you, I'll say three different examples of ways that you can split up your workout two different ways. Does that make sense? So three examples of two-way splits. Uh, the first example is a really classic one that's going to make a lot of sense, an upper-lower split. So on one day, you do upper body. On the next day, you do lower body. On the next day, you do upper body, and then lower body, so on and so forth. That is a really classic split, and for good reason, where if you're able to get in two workouts a week, then you have all your bases covered once. That's perfect, right? That sounds good for a lot of people who are either starting out completely or who are trying to get back into the habit of working out with this new year. So an upper-lower split is a great way of doing that. I use that with a lot of clients, especially at the beginning of their training programs. Uh, the next way of splitting it up is you may have heard, and depending on how deep you are into the fitness world, you may have heard of the push-pull legs split, where on one day you do pushing exercises, on the next you do pulling, and then on the next you do, <laughs> not legging, of you do legs exercises. Um, so yeah, pushing, pulling, and legging. Um, so that is a typical three-way split that a lot of people will use. I like to condense that down into a two-way split. So just push and just pull. And that means that you're going to be doing both upper body on the push day and both upper body and lower body on the pull day as well. And so if you're wondering what does pushing and pulling, what does that mean exactly? Um, this might make a little bit more sense if you're watching the video here, but pushing, pushing exercises are going to be ones that involve pushing a resistance away from you. So whether that's your upper body of pushing out, as in a, a bench press or push up, pushing upward, as in an overhead press, or with your lower body of anything that's gonna be very quad dominant um, or calf dominant, to be extending your joints. You're gonna be straightening out your joints. So think of with a squat, in order to lift from a squat, you're gonna go from that bottom position and you are working to lift the load up to push it off the ground by straightening out your knees and hips and ankles. So that is a push-based workout like that that's gonna include both upper and lower body exercises. A pulling-based workout is going to be the exact opposite of where you are pulling a weight or resistance toward yourself. And that's going to be upper body-wise, it's going to be something horizontal like a row of any kind that's going to be um, moving uh, in toward yourself. If you're pulling downward, that's going to be something like a pull-down or pull-up, that's going to be that same movement pattern there. Lower body-wise, that's going to be everything that is using the opposite muscle groups as what we just talked about. So it's going to be using your glutes and hamstrings and lower back muscles primarily. So that brings to mind deadlifts, right? Anything that's going to be hinge focused like that. So deadlifts and hip thrusts are going to be your two big options on the pulling side of it for your lower body. So if you split up your workouts like this, your workout might consist of, you know, for a pushing workout, it might look like uh, push-ups, overhead pressing, squats, lunges, something like that. On your pulling workouts, it might look like some kind of a pull down or pull up variation, a row variation of some kind, a deadlift variation, a hip thrust variation. That's kind of how that splits up like that. So you're still working both upper and lower body on each day, but you're using slightly different muscle groups for each of those. So again, if you get two workouts per week, 
you are still fulfilling all of the needs for all of your muscle groups rather than leaving anything hanging you know, to move over into the next week. So you still have all of your exercises and all of your muscles covered at that point. Does that make sense? You tracking with me? Okay, so the third example that I wanna give, and this one is a little bit more abstract, and so you're gonna have to think about this one uh, to visualize this a little bit harder here. But uh, this is a popular example that I introduce to a lot of my clients, and they go, oh wow, that was a really fun workout split. And again, one that not, I don't only use on my clients, but I use on myself as well. And this is the vertical horizontal split. And this is, again, what it sounds like, but I'll explain it to you here too. So vertical exercises, these are exercises that are moving in a vertical plane where you are, whether you're pushing or pulling, you are moving up and down. So this is going to include anything vertically, so pressing or pushing upward in an overhead press or pulling downward in a pull down or pull up that's moving in the vertical plane like that. Same thing with your lower body. This is going to be primarily push-based exercises for your lower body where you are moving up and down with a squat, with a lunge, with a calf raise, something like that. On the horizontal side of it, this is where you're moving in the horizontal plane. So where you are bending or you are pushing or pulling forward. Um, and so this is going to be like a bench press or push up pushing forward or a row variation of pulling into yourself here and then bending at the hips. So this is where you are breaking your hips and then straightening them out. So something like a deadlift or hip thrust is going to be your horizontal based lower body exercises there. You may have to re-listen to these three a couple of times to kind of be able to tease out the differences on these here, but those are three great examples of ways that you can split up your workouts. And no matter how many days a week that you're doing, if you're able to commit to two days a week and you have a two day split like this, you can use any of these. You can do each one once. If you're able to do three days per week, then you can do an A, B, A split. And then the next week you do B, A, B, and so on and so forth. If you're able to do four workouts per week, then you're able to hit each of these twice. If you're able to do six workouts per week, you can do each of these three times. You get the idea. Uh, splitting these up like this is gonna be a great way to help make it practical for your schedule and to help mitigate your uh, you know, recovery time and to be able to drop that down because you're not doing so much at, at each time that you're just destroying any one muscle group that because you're able to split it up like this. So that is going to be your step three for your workout split. Uh, step four, this is where things get real practical for the workouts themselves of choosing your exercises. And this is not worth explaining in any great detail because you will have to figure out which exercises are going to be best for your goals. But that is the key here of choosing exercises and choosing all of this really, but choosing exercises that are going to help you with your goals. So you've kind of filtered everything through that goal filter all the way up until this point. And when you're choosing what you're actually going to be doing in the workouts, that's not the time to throw your goals out the window and to say, yeah, we don't need those. Bring those things right back in because that's gonna be the focus of all of this, of choosing your exercises based on your goals and you can split up those exercises based on your workout split that you just determined. So if you have an upper body day and a lower body day, well, that's pretty easy. You choose your upper body exercises and put those all in one workout. And then you choose your lower body exercises and then you put those all in one workout. Boom, there you go. Same thing with the push-pull split or the vertical and horizontal splits. You're just gonna be able to split those things right in two and you have a list of exercises here and a list of exercises here and there you go, you have your workouts. But there's one other big component of this. There are plenty of other components, but there's one other main component of this. So you think about 
you have your goals, um, you've figured out how you're gonna split up your workouts based on all of these different parameters and based on your goals. Now you've chosen your exercises. Now we have the really the final component of your DIY workout program, if you will. This is step number uh, four, right? We've talked about this. Oh, I'm sorry, step number five. <laughs> We've already done step number four. Step number four was choosing your exercises, right? So we've gotten to that point. Step number five, this is fifth and finally here. Uh, step number five, you have all your exercises, but how do you do those? How do you organize those as far as how much you're doing of each one of your sets and reps? And one of the kind of intermediary steps on this is organizing your exercises. There's a lot of different ways of doing that. And I'm gonna tell you that if you're walking through these steps and if you're at this point, there's probably not gonna be one way of organizing your exercises of how they're ordered that's going to be way better or way worse than any other one at this point. Um, there's a lot of different ways of doing that, and of course, if you work your way through these five steps and you need a little bit of help, you can always reach out to me via any way that you know how, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, YouTube, any of those kinds of things, and uh, I can help you piece those things together in a way that makes sense. But if you're at this point, you're probably doing all right. So, the final thing is, sets and reps of how much of each exercise are you going to do. And this is where people get so caught up on things that really don't matter so much. Um, at least for for you. And if, and if you are one of my typical audience members, uh, you are you're perhaps a parent, perhaps a Christian parent, as most of my clients are, and, and you just, you are looking for something to be able to, to start with fitness-wise, whether, again, whether it's your first time ever or first time in a while, you just want to feel great, and if you end up, uh, you know, losing a little bit of weight and getting a little bit stronger and reducing your pain along the way, then that's more power to you on that. So if that sounds like you, then I would say that this step here is not critical to dial it down to the most specific level here. So I'm going to give you some general recommendations that you can kind of play with to figure out what matches your preference on all of this here. And this is where you get to take a little bit of preference into account, not just what lines up with your goals. Uh, we're obviously working through that too, but making sure that this is something that you enjoy is obviously part of the equation. So um, your your reps and sets. So this is where you'll have somebody that says, uh, okay, so we're gonna do three sets of 10. So that is, you know, 10 repetitions and then you rest or you're doing a different exercise and then when you come back to that first exercise you do another set of 10 and then you rest and then you do your third set of 10. So if you're not familiar with sets and reps that's how that works there. Can you hear the jets in the background? We have a lot of those out by us. Uh, so uh, sets and reps you'll hear three sets of 10, you'll hear two sets of 30, you'll hear five sets of five. You know, five by five program is a really popular one. Uh, you'll hear pretty much pick any two numbers and you will hear that many sets by that many reps. There's a lot that gets way out on the fringes and where uh, something like a 10 by 10 program where you are doing 10 sets of 10 reps, that's a lot of reps per exercise, per muscle group, per workout, whatever, that's a lot. Most people don't need that. That's uh, There's a program that's called German Volume Training and it uses a similar program and that gets a little bit crazy. Uh, there's also some pretty minimal programs uh, depending on people's goals where you're doing three sets of one or three sets of two, you're doing three heavy doubles. Most people that are watching this, most of you, are not going to need anything on either extreme that way. What I'm gonna tell you is that most people, if you focus on, and I'm gonna give you some specific numbers so that way you can get, you can have a reference point to be able to get started, but it is going to require experimenting with it. The reference point that I'll give you is that if you're doing anywhere between two and four sets of 10 to 20 reps, is probably going to get you in the ballpark of 
progress of making progress for your goals. So it's kind of those are going to be inversely related for the general population for you and me watching this here. So two to four sets of 10 to 20 reps per exercise. So if you were on the low end of the sets, if you're doing two sets, then I would go on the high end of the, of the reps of going 20 reps. Or if you're on the high end of the sets, if you're doing four sets of each exercise, then I would go maybe on the lower end of the reps of 10 reps. Uh, so, and anything in between, you could do three sets of 12 or 15, those are popular numbers there too. Anything that's going to allow you to reach near failure to where you are, that's, you're pushing your intensity that way. And intensity is not gonna be based on your heart rate, it's not gonna be based on how much you're sweating or how out of breath you are in this context here. None of those things are going to be how we're defining intensity. Intensity is how close you can bring yourself to muscular failure, uh, to contractile failure, if you will, where you are no longer able to perform another repetition without sacrificing your form. Uh, those are the kinds of things that we're looking for here. And depending on the equipment that you have at home and the amount of weight that you have or the amount of resistance that you have, um, that's going to maybe determine some of this. So if you have enough weight at home to make sets of 15 or 20 squats difficult and challenging, then go for it, that's perfect. But if that same amount of weight is not gonna be challenging enough to make sets of 10 or sets of eight or sets of six challenging, then it's probably not worth doing too many of those exercises at that low end there. So this is kind of where we have that play of the practical versus the, the actual science behind whatever it is that you're working on, whether it is hypertrophy of building muscle or building strength, and those are not specifically one and the same. We have a couple different mechanisms of doing that, but again, for where you're at here, um, we're just trying to pick some middle ground here that you can kind of experiment with and to get some footing in your own fitness journey. Uh, so I would say if you are choosing your rep and set scheme to do two to four sets of 10 to 20 reps and to do that per exercise, and you can you know, spread that out over the course of your workout, however you want, and that's gonna give you a great start for your DIY workout program. So that is step number five, and I'm gonna give you step number six. It's a bonus step here because ultimately, uh, this is not a separate step, but none of this matters if you don't do. Step number six, the bonus step is this, to try it, to try your DIY program out and to see what happens. And it's going to take a few tries. This is not a try it once and all of a sudden you need to scrap the whole thing if, if, if something is uh, you know, totally off base. It might be worth trying each workout once or twice or maybe even three times over the course of a couple weeks to be able to see what it is that you love about your program, what it is that is working or not working. All of those kinds of things are going to come into play, but you will probably not recognize that just after the first the first workout. You may notice that something just straight up is not going to work. For example, one of the things that tends to happen, especially for those of you and for my clients who are working out at home, if you were doing two exercises back to back, let's say you're doing something like a an overhead press where you're pressing upward and then you're doing something like a squat. Those are typically going to take two very different sets of weights to be able to do that. If you are using something like adjustable dumbbells, it's probably not gonna make much sense to do those back to back like that because you're gonna to have to keep switching the weights every single time and taking off the collar and then adding more weight or taking it off and then putting it back on and, and trying to do that as quickly as possible. You may run into some, some practical, somewhat logistical things on that and that's probably a good thing to go, oh, I hadn't thought about that when I was writing it, I need to change that. But again, that is the purpose of trying all of this out and just doing it. Um, but if you are coming across things where you're like, wow, that was really tough or that was really fun, 
just try it for a few extra uh, times through the workout just to see how everything goes. And you are certainly not going to be going backwards in progress if you're just trying something. And even if it's not optimal, if it's not totally optimized down to uh, a T, that's gonna be okay because again, this is talking about getting a good grip on your own fitness journey and getting a good start to build some momentum to find some things that you like and, and that crossover of what it is that you like doing and what it is that's going to help you reach your goals. So that's step six, that's the bonus step of trying it, just doing it, of just seeing what happens and having a good time doing it too. Take some notes at the end of each workout. Uh, I have a little notes section for all of my clients and I love reading through the notes because they'll say, wow, this is a super fun workout or wow, this is a super fun and super challenging workout. Or if I notice that something, you know, maybe they didn't lift as much weight on a certain exercise as the week before, I might see a little note that says, oh, uh, you know, I." Oh, these muscle, this muscle group was really tired from hiking earlier in the week or from uh, lifting my child up in the air, you know, all that kind of stuff and throwing them up in the air and catching them, you know, all that kind of stuff. All those things make a big difference of being able to piece together how much progress somebody's making and uh, how to continue to progress the actual program itself. So that's all for another day of actually progressing the program itself, but this will get you started on how to write your own workout program in 2021. So that is what I have for today's episode. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode number 15. And I hope that you have a good time following these five plus one bonus steps. So remember, we have these five steps of piecing together your program. And the bonus step is to just try it out to just see what happens. And if you are not writing your own workout program, but if you're trying to find one online, um, I obviously have a lot of workout programs that follow the same rubric here um, in my locker room program, and I'll link you to that below. But the idea is that no matter where you get your workouts from, whether you're writing them or finding them online, that you can use these steps to go, okay, does this match my goals first of all? No? Okay, it's not worth doing. But if it does, then you move on to the next one of, does this fit my normal parameters? Is this program asking me to do five or six days of working out when I can really only commit to two or three? That's probably a good thing worth considering. And if it says you have to do six workouts per week, well, it's probably not worth doing and probably not gonna be for you. Then figuring out the split of how is it split up and does that work with not only your goals, but your preferences there. And then the exercises themselves, do you have the equipment to be able to do those exercises? If it's asking you to do a leg press in your leg workout and you are at home going, I don't have access to a leg press, then again, it's probably not gonna be a great program for you as is. You can always modify things, but that tends to get even messier than this and we're trying to keep this as streamlined as possible. Uh, so once you have those exercises and you go, okay, everything checks out, I have all the equipment I need for that, then They've already chosen a rep and set scheme for you, and then you're back to your bonus step of just trying it out. So that is your your game plan for 2021 of getting started with these, these workout programs, whether you're writing it yourself or finding one online. So I'll leave you with that, and uh, I hope you have an awesome rest of your week and rest of your day, and we'll talk soon.